0: So today we get to land on one of the most well-known and beloved chapters in Scripture, Psalm 23. It's one of the first things that I ever had either one of my children memorize. And it is a chapter that I return to in my mind in the middle of the night often. This is an anchor psalm. In fact, it's, it's particularly precious and sweet to me because it was my stepdad's favorite psalm. And even in the throes of dementia, he could still recite Psalm 23. It was the anchor for his soul. It was the peace that he sought. Even when his mind was in complete chaos and confusion, he could return to the implanted word of God. And so as you lean into Psalm 23, uh, man, just enjoy a chance to engage in a psalm that in many ways basically lists out what journeying with God is like and the gifts that he offers I love this challenge that I have from the life application bible the note that's on verses two and three says when we allow God our shepherd to guide us we have contentment when we choose to sin we go our own way and can't blame God for the environment we create for ourselves our shepherd knows the green pastures and quiet waters that will restore us will reach these places only by following him obediently. Rebelling against the shepherd's leading is actually rebelling against our own best interests. We must remember this the next time we are tempted to go our own way rather than the shepherd's way. So as you read this short but beautiful chapter in scripture, ask God to show you what is your way for me today. Not my way, but your way as demonstrated in Psalm 23, Now, if this is a really familiar passage for you, something that I do love to do, especially when it's a shorter passage like this, is to look it up in several different translations. If you already know that NIV or King James version of Psalm 23, stretch yourself a little bit and check out a different translation. So it's especially fun to check out a paraphrase, whether that's the Living Bible or the Message is really a cool paraphrase of Psalm 23. So if you want, Try out something a little bit different in the way that you read this passage, and then we'll talk about S. As I said, uh, Psalm 23 is often used to describe the seasons and of a journey with God. There are seasons where we lie down. There are seasons where we are moving with him towards something. There are seasons that are dark. There are places where we're sitting at a table in the presence of our enemies, there are seasons where we remember his goodness and mercy showing, flowing with us through all the days of our lives. So as you think about what verse you want to write down, perhaps a question you could ask yourself is, which verse best describes the season of life that I'm currently in? And copy that verse down for your S. Then we'll come back and talk about O. So for observation, this is, this is a psalm of intimacy. Because this is describing a journey with God that is one-on-one. We're not talking about the great big picture. This is God, our shepherd, holding us close. Just picture in your mind a shepherd with the lamb around his shoulders. It's as close as we can get. It's very intimate and very individual. And so as you write down your observation, what is it about this intimate journey with God? that you see demonstrated in the verse that you wrote down? What's the behavior of the sheep? What's the action of the shepherd? And how does that speak to you today? Make a couple notes and observation and then we'll talk about application. Well, I've already mentioned one application that I think is really powerful for Psalm 23 specifically, and that's to commit it to memory. You know, it's not a ton of verses, it's only six verses long, And so if you were to take six weeks and each week memorize one more verse, you would be able to do it very quickly. It's only a sentence or two per verse. If you took time every single day to review that one verse, and then the next week you would review verse one and commit to memory verse two and say them together through the weeks. Six weeks, you will have this firmly planted in your mind. If you do it three times a day, morning, noon, and evening, morning, afternoon, and evening, however that works into your schedule. It's so worth it to commit to memory. Uh, But your application may be a little bit different, and it might be something simply like, for example, if you chose verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You could do a lot of things for application with this one. You could illustrate it. You could look up some illustrations and maybe make a new screensaver on your phone that shows an illustration of this particular verse. You could pray, turn it into a prayer. God, teach me to not be afraid. Remind me that when you push me forward with your rod and when you pull me back with your staff, that's a comfort for me. So you can think about how it might change the way you respond to God how it might change the way you see your current circumstances, how it might change the way you pray. So again, take some moments and really get concrete with your application. Then we'll talk about prayer. So I have a couple of options for you today. And I am actually going to go ahead and let this be a pretty long uh, um, podcast compared to the other ones because I'm going to tag something special on here at the end. But praying Psalm 23 is really a cool thing to do. And there's a lot of different ways you can do it. You can rewrite each one of those verses to apply to your own life and basically create a Psalm 23 that's very personal to you. You could put your name, rewrite the entire Psalm, but put your name in it whenever it says my or any other kind of a pronoun. So example, the Lord is Tara's shepherd. Tara shall not be in want. He makes Tara lie down in green pastures. He leads Tara beside quiet waters. And it becomes this reflection and response moment for you, the Lord, as you recognize, and it's almost a prayer of recognition. God, I recognize that you do this in my life. Or you could um, just simply let this be a time. Maybe there's someone in your life that you're longing for them to know Jesus and to have this kind of an intimate relationship with him. So maybe your prayer time today is for someone that you love who does not know the Lord, that they would get to experience what it is for him to be their shepherd and to have this kind of intimate journey with him. So whichever you choose to do, enjoy that time of prayer. And then if you want to come back, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the time mark here on when I'm going to begin this. But I'm actually going to take you through a Psalm 23 meditation of prayer from the book Journey of the Soul by Bill and Christy Gaultier. And here's why I think this is such a cool thing. And I'm just going to read the paragraph that introduces it. Uh, they said, it's good to put Psalm 23 in your soul kit. When the COVID-19 pandemic brought anxiety, fear, and grief, we pulled it out to rest in our shepherd's love. For decades, we've used it for teaching and small groups as a resource for God's peace and guidance. Neurological research shows how transformational a spiritual discipline like this can be. The brain scans of people who practiced attentive and focused prayer 12 minutes a day for eight weeks showed significant improvement in the areas of their brains that support social interaction, compassion, stress reduction, lower blood pressure, resistant to irrational urges, and peace. So let's saturate our souls in Psalm 23. So what I'm going to do, we're at 8 minutes and 30 seconds. If you want to do this now or if you want to tag that place and come back and do this when you have about 15 minutes, I'm going to actually read through this meditation that they allow and that they write out. And you can do it kind of like what we've been doing for our soap journey. Hit the pause button between each section and give yourself time to respond. This is just basically a time of guided prayer based on Psalm 23. So let's saturate our souls in Psalm 23 now. As you'll discover, it's a developmental journey that parallels the Christ stages. It's helpful to find a quiet place and get comfortable. And then pray with me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Jesus proclaims, I am the good shepherd. At the beginning of our journey, we come to know Jesus as our Savior and life giver. We put our confidence in the Lord who meets our needs. Pause and ponder those statements. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Imagine yourself with the sheep in a lush green pasture. Keep grazing on God's grace until you're full. Then, let yourself lie down in that green grass. Feel its softness. Feel your body relax and lighten. Jesus is our bread of life. He fills our hungry souls so we can rest in him, find our contentment in him, and grow in trust and peace. Respond in your mind, in your heart, to this particular place, this green pasture place. He leads me beside the still waters. Why still waters? Because sheep are afraid of the rushing waters and can't get a drink. Jesus says, are you thirsty? Come to me. A spring of living water will gush up into a flowing stream. You will never be thirsty again. I offer living waters. I will give you fresh, pure water that satisfies your thirst. Drink in the spirit and be refreshed. Let Jesus know where you're especially thirsty today. He restores my soul. In the still waters, we can also be baptized, immersed in God's love. Imagine it's a hot day, and you wade into the cool water to be cleansed and revitalized. And when you get out of the water, the ripples fade, and the pool is like smooth glass. Now look into the water and see the Good Shepherd with you, his reflection and yours together side-by-side. See his smile? You're totally forgiven, loved, and made new. Respond to this visual of the restoration of your soul. He leads me down the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Sheep are prone to wander (laughs) and get lost. They follow other sheep. They may get stuck in pricker bushes. But Jesus knows the best way, and he leads us. Maybe you're at a fork in the road with a decision to make. Maybe you're struggling to love someone well. Pause here and ask Christ to guide you. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. There are seasons when Good Shepherd needs to lead us through the dark valley, past snakes and cougars. Of course we don't want to go this way, but it's the route to the high country where the temperatures are cool and the grass is green during the hot summer months. Jesus promises, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So fear not, little flock of sheep. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you his kingdom. Pause and reflect on how in the darkest places we can know that he is with us. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Our Savior uses his rod to fight off our enemies. If we wander from the fold, he flings it out just beyond us to startle us and call us back into safe boundaries. He uses his staff to guide his sheep and to free us when we slip into a ravine. At night, he uses his staff to have his sheep pass under it so he can separate our wool to see if any parasites or prickers need to be taken out. Let's thank Jesus for how he shepherds us through our trials and troubling emotions and gives us courage. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Our shepherd provides an abundant feast for us. We sit at the table and eat because the Lord is with us. It's a place of community and celebration, even with enemies around us. It's at the table that Jesus Christ breaks bread and pours wine, gives his body and blood to forgive us and heal our sins, to reconcile us to God. As the Lord forgives us, then we can figure out how to forgive those who mistreat us and be At peace. What does it look like to sit at the table with God today and let Him prepare that table for you, even in the presence of your enemies? You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Our Shepherd Jesus heals our wounds with his special oil. He anoints us for ministry as wounded healers who understand and have compassion for others who are hurting or struggling. Jesus is so good to us. God's unconditional love is spilling out and splashing onto us. Pray for it to overflow from you to others. At the beginning of this journey, we were like children, and the Good Shepherd was like a directive parent. He made us to lie down in green pastures. He led us to walk his paths of righteousness. There, in the middle of our journey, we found ourselves in a dark valley trial, and we felt as if the Lord had left us alone, but then we realized he was with us, right beside us, all along, in our hard times. And now we read, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. As we near the end of our journey, goodness and mercy follow us. The Spirit of Jesus is letting us be a step ahead because we're growing up and we've learned the path in our heart. Still, at times, we need our shepherd to whisper from behind, this is the way, walk in it. What does it look like for goodness and mercy to follow you today? And I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. With the psalmist, we pray, Blessed are those who dwell in your house, Lord. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. We're learning to appreciate our intimacy and union with the Father and the Son as we go about our life. In every part of the journey, the loving spirit is before us, beside us, and behind us under his presence. Amen. Well, it's my prayer that this meditation on Psalm 23 might be something that you return to from time to time when you just need a reminder, a reminder of what God offers us, a reminder of what this intimate journey looks like and the hope that we can have and the confident assurance we can have because we have such a good shepherd leading us today. Be encouraged, find peace and hope and provision in the presence of God, and I'll see you tomorrow.